Hi, welcome to Season 3 in the Pictures Out There podcast series. This is chat number 18. Today, Lee and Dave continue talking about Dave's new book, Ideals Out There. This is part two of the preview of that book. And now, here's Dave and Lee. Well, Candy, thank you very much for that kind introduction. This is Lee. And this is Dave. Hey, and welcome to our Pictures Out There podcast series. Welcome in, present day audience. Our audience is years, decades, centuries from now. Dave, what about our future advanced intelligence audience? Do you suppose they may be listening? Oh, you know they're here. Yeah. Our future alien audience, our universal audience. So glad to have all of you listening. Thanks again for joining us. We begin these conversations by asking you to reflect and consider these two important questions. They are, what are your ideals and what are your pictures? So this entire podcast and the previous are an overview of Dave's new book titled Ideals Out There. And we're going to discuss this in a chatty conversational format. In the previous podcast, we talked about ideals and about pictures. And today we're going to talk about life tools for the journey and briefly summarize the book as we go. This is Dave's predominantly humble work of creativity. I will take a small piece of credit for that, but not much. uh, Much bigger than that, (laughs) but anyway. It's a connection of dots that we think can serve each of us as a handbook or a guidebook or a roadmap for each of us to live our best unique lives. So it has been created really just by paying attention to the simple answers to actions and words that life, creation, and wise people... A lot of wise people. A lot of wise people have provided to us over the course of our lives. So the book and these podcasts are a humble gift to humanity and to all life forms of creation and to the cosmos. Ideals out there does several things. It evolves and adds to, and we think simplifies the handbook for life that was originally posited in pictures out there. If you've read that book, that's great. And if you haven't, that's great. Although we wish you would. (laughs) Ideals out there takes pictures out there concepts to an evolved, expanded, and simplified level. So let's continue. All right. So on to life tools, life tools for the journey. And it's part of this out there model, we will call it. And the visual that is represented in the book shows us starting from where we are today. And it shows us with pictures out there, our pictures, and it shows arrows where we're going from where we are today to those pictures out there. On one side of those arrows that reflects our journey is ideals. And that's how we act, speak, and choose uh, on the way to those pictures. And on the other side of those arrows is life tools for Mm -hmm. the journey because things happen. Things come up. We have roadblocks. We have, we need help. Yes. We have things occur that may make us doubt or have struggles or issues. And so we want to have a very robust set of life tools Mm -hmm. in our toolkit for our journey that can help us with different situations and different things that come up. So the life tools that are in the book ideals out there are what we're going to be sharing here very briefly today. It's a very expanded set of concepts from the first book. 
that are now called life tools. These tools reinforce and support living our lives on the basis of our ideals and toward our pictures. Mm -hmm. But they also provide aid and support when we inevitably, it is inevitable, Mm -hmm. that we're going to hit problems, rough patches in our life along the way. And this helps us kind of glide through those rough patches much more easily Mm -hmm. or deal with issues or problems. So let's talk about this toolkit. The first thing we're going to bring up, we will call accessing our variety of talents and gifts. This is the first one of the life tools that's mentioned in ideals out there. It is a new tool. It's not in pictures out there. And the importance of this is just the fact of lifting up all of the different talents and gifts that people have. Lots of times, for instance, with intelligence, Lee, we will say somebody is very intelligent Mm -hmm. or they are not so intelligent. And we have this oversimplified measure of that Mm -hmm. that doesn't take into account what we now recognize as multiple intelligences. Right. And we really want to go beyond the idea of even multiple intelligence to just say there's so many different gifts skills and abilities that people have, talents, and everybody has some. Absolutely. Everyone. It's a miracle. Yes. It is a miracle that every human being that's born has things that they have skills, gifts, and talents and abilities to. And any of those can be the seed of a picture, Mm -hmm. can be the seed of an ideal, can be the seed for someone's purpose in living Yes, that both satisfies them and that adds to the world. Yes. And so we thought before getting into anything else, let's just lift that puppy up. Yeah, acknowledge that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So then the next life tools that we talk about are some concepts that came from pictures out there. We called them perspectives. We still call them that, but we recognize them now as part of the life toolkit. And so there's three of those perspectives. And they include, first of all, our community of caring. Mm-hmm. And this is the concept that says for any of us, we have a group of people that is particularly important to us that we consider as we're making choices and decisions. And we are all very different in how we think of that community for ourselves. Yes. We have some people that go, you know, baby, it's my family. That's it. Right. I'm all about family. Yeah. Others might say it's my friends. It's my friends, or it's my family and friends. Or it's a church group. Or somebody else goes, you know, I care about the whole world. Right. I care just, I'm so big on social, big social issues that I care, I feel like I really just care about everybody. Mm -hmm. And then there's everything in between, right? Mm -hmm. And so having that cognition of what your community is And understanding the implications of the choices we make about that and our perspective about that. And then being able to share that with other people, that's a big deal. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And keep in mind, why think about and consider and want to have a community of caring? So that you may ask for their help. Yeah. So that you may give help when asked. Yeah. Those are just some of the reasons to think about who your community of caring might be. Exactly. This is one, the, this, there's three perspectives. This is now the second one, moderation and extremes. Lee, this is one that I think we've probably given less attention to in our podcast than maybe any other toolkit item. I think we're going to have to find a way to lift this one up because I think it actually is, from a day-to-day point of view, one of the more impactful. 
And what we describe with moderation and extremes is we all, with any opinion or position that we take or thing that we think about or something that we care about, we tend to either be more moderate or more extreme Mm -hmm. in how we feel or think about that. But we don't usually describe that to other people, and we're not used to kind of thinking about it for ourselves. But it makes a huge difference. Okay, and the third of these three perspectives we call widening and narrowing. And that had to do to the degree with either knowledge we're seeking to attain or skills, Mm -hmm. abilities, things we're learning. Are we widening our skills? Are we widening our knowledge? Are we are we okay with what we already know and narrowing? And again, we would say much like moderation extremes, one isn't good and one bad. Right. There's different times and places for each. And we also have a concept in widening and narrowing that we call deepening, where it's like a subject area that we already know a lot about, but we want to go learn more. We want to go deeper into that. Yes. And so understanding those things about ourselves, these three perspectives and being able to communicate that then to other people and for them to use that verbiage back really helps us see truthfully and in reality where we actually each are. Okay, another concept that's a holdover topic from the first book that we now see more as a tool was process and planning. And in this section in the book, we really just say, there are so many ways to do this. Mm-hmm. The main thing is for you to act. Right. You know, so whatever gets you to toward act. action and the right actions toward your pictures mm-hmm. and with your ideals. It's not just acting for acting's sake, but it's toward those two things. But it may be something where you want a full-blown project plan mm-hmm. before you go do something. Mm-hmm. Or you may want to just say, what's just my first step? And does this feel right with my pictures and ideals? I'm just going to go take the first step. Yes. And then we'll see what happens. Yes. And everything in between. And my friend across the way from me here teaches project management and all. I mean, there's so many ways. Oh, yeah. There's a, literally a thousand methodologies that you could use. Yeah. But we would say be planful. Okay. Now, what does that mean? Make certain that whether you're taking 50 steps that are completely planned out or that first step and you don't really know what the plan looks like beyond that one make certain that first step is in alignment with your ideals. Yeah. That's what we call being planful. And we would say, if you happen to have taken some steps that you thought were with your pictures or ideals in mind, and up, oh, I did it. And no, not so much. Adjust. Adjust. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Changing the plan is part of the plan. It right? exactly is. <laughs> okay. We have a, a new tool here that was one of those, whoa, this is pretty cool. That again, I would almost trace all the way back to uh, common uniqueness decades ago, but we call it simple to complex to simple, and we describe it in the book, and it talks about how we go from the first simple of ignorance to exploring, learning more, which is the complex, and siphoning through all of the research or things we might do, and then how, so that we don't stay in this complexity, which usually freezes us from acting, How we get to the second simple, which is I'm going to pull out the right, most compelling things out of the complex, and that is going to be my basis for acting and for my choices. Yes. And we ended up saying, "Mm, people that can repeatedly do that, that are able to, first of all, they're curious and they go out and learn when they started out as ignorant and they learn things, but then they're able to pull out of that 
the things that actually matter and it's consistent with their ideals and their pictures. And then they're able to describe that and act on it. What do we call those people? We call them wise. Mm -hmm. They do it on a repeated basis Mm -hmm. and we kind of go, gee, how do they do that? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, this is how they do it. This is exactly how they do it. It's, it's learnable. Yes. I think that's one of the things we would say is like, let's get out of the deal of somebody's wise or not. We think this is actually how everyone could be quote unquote wise. Yes. But you have to make the right choices. Yes. The best choices, ideal based choices about how you pull things out. Absolutely. And we refer to this one, Lee, constantly in our podcasts. And I think about it daily. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's been a profound change, certainly in my life. Uh, And so a lot of these, part of what happens, we would tell you is that as you read the book and then as you practice with some of these things and you practice thinking of your life or your actions that way, they kind of become your own internal language. And man, your powers of observation and your ability to kind of quickly cut through noise and go, this is what's going on. Mm -hmm. Mine has just gotten so mm-hmm. much more refined over the last few years yeah and it's a joy yeah agree we had a, a tool that we described that we called the math of kindness help and hope and this is one where we took big social issues hunger uh clean water and clean air we took some and homelessness we took some big social issues and applied math to them mm-hmm. to basically say too infrequently do we apply math to looking at big problems and figuring out if they can be solved or not. And we instead throw our hands up as a society and say, oh, we just can't ever, can't, can't do anything can't ever about really it. do that. Or I'm just going to do something in my own community, which is wonderful. That's great. Hear us right. But it's a way to just say, come on, we can. We can. We just choose not to. Yes. But math says it's a lie mm-hmm. to say that we can't mm-hmm. because the math says we can. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we have a tool that we call accessing the caring community of future thinkers. So this is one, as, as you all can tell with each of these tools, there can be situations where you're hitting a bump and you need to reestablish your community of caring. You hit a bump and you're needing to get clarity on how strongly, how moderate or extreme you feel about something, or you're needing in a relationship to talk to somebody in that we hit a bump and we realize that we need to maybe widen our knowledge or our perspective of something. We hit a bump and we realize we have not been planful Mm -hmm. as Lee has said about our process and planning. We hit a bump and we realize we're mired and stuck in the complexity of some issue or question. And we need to just identify the handful of simple things. So all of these tools are about those bumps in the road that happen and how we can pull out. Yes. We think a big social problem is unsolvable. So we apply math to it and realize it can be solved. Yes. This next one, accessing the caring community of future thinkers, is about those situations where we go, I really care about this issue. This really matters to me. I have this thought, this idea. I'm probably the only person in the world that really thinks about that. And I'm reluctant to go do something. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I think I'm alone. Yeah. I'm outnumbered. Yeah. I don't have the resources to do anything. I don't know where to get help. I don't know where to get help. Who to ask for help. And we are saying just from our own research on some of this, it's like, no. There's a community of thinkers for every For everything. There are people out there who care. Yes. Just like you do. Yeah. 
And that may be at a local level or at a global level, global level conjures up the John Lennon and Yoko Ono lyric from imagine you may think I'm a dreamer, but I'm not, not the, the only, only one. one. And you are not the only one yep. for what you care about. There is a caring community. I think this one hit us. We did a, a segment in the podcast where we were going through Alvin Toffler's future shock book and extracting some uh, good information out of that. And then we came across Aftershock, which mm-hmm. was a book that was written several decades, 50 years later, from, and it was a number of contributors to that book who were talking about Future Shock and kind of updating some things in there. And it's like, oh, there's a community. Yes. All these people, are they're thinking about the future. Mm-hmm. And given our focus on all of this being about having a better future for us individually and globally and everything in between, that was so wonderful. I remember just thinking, this is so cool. Yes. There's all these other people who are thinking about this. And so I think it made Lee and I do some research and man, you can find them. If you have a picture about anything, there are folks out there who can help you color it in. You can internet it and find it. Okay. We have several tools here that kind of fell under the notion of having a great life balance. So this is when we feel like just in the course of our life that things are out of whack. You know, we just, we don't feel in harmony and rhythm. It just doesn't feel right. And, and we lots of times will say it, it just, you know, something doesn't you know, feels wrong or it's mm-hmm. out of balance. Mm-hmm. And so we came up with some tools that we think or ways of thinking about this that we thought would be helpful to that. There's three or four of them. One of them is lots of times that sense of being out of balance is where what we'll call our physical life experience and our spiritual life experience feel out of kilter. So it may be that the physical experience of life, job, caretaking others, just the stuff to do, Mm -hmm. God, I don't have any time to just, you know, get away a little bit and think about my spirit and my soul and that part of the, and that's a real part of life right now. And I'm not giving any time to that, you know, or there may be things where parts of your physical balance, physical life seem out of kilter and out of balance. And so we talked about just having opportunities to think about that on an ongoing basis and making quick corrections and being able to verbalize that to the people in your life, the community in your life. Yes. And again, letting them help you working that through together. That's an important thing. We talked about the sense sometimes when life feels out of balance that the compromises you're having to make. And what you would, we can all probably describe, man, when I'm at my truest self, Mm -hmm. when I'm really, 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 really me, this is the different parts of myself. This Mm -hmm. is who I truly am. And we get into social situations. And for me, lots of times what comes up is being in a job Mm -hmm. and you go, there's maybe 10 or 20% of myself that either I'm having to fudge on a little bit or there's 10 or 20 percent of myself that I just have to tuck away yeah. and I can't express it here. Nobody cares about hearing that. <laughs> right. They're not right. interested. Yep. And so that can take a toll mm-hmm. over time. Yes. If we don't have opportunities to step back out of that and go, who am I? Right. And, and re up for making that compromise or saying, you know, this compromise has gotten out of whack. Yes. I'm having to give up too much of my true self 
and I got to get back to being more me and that can even include a life change. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So a third one that we came up with is managing our biases. There's so much work that's been done last decades in neuroscience where we really do understand how us old humans tick and certainly how our brains work much more. And a lot of this stuff is two sides of the coin. The, the biases we have that uh, can cause so much damage are things that our minds do to deal with life mm -hmm. in an incredibly complicated and ever accelerating world. So yes. they are, they are good tools that we need. It's when we lose control of them and let those biases send us to places where we either uh, assume things we shouldn't assume or we stereotype or all sorts of things like that. So we thought it was important and it's part of our picture for education mm -hmm. that children at young ages would understand how their brains work exactly and learn how things can go off track. Right. And then get educated and, and be different. As we've discussed in previous podcasts, biases on their own are not bad right? They help us survive. They help us navigate a complex world. But when they become unexamined beliefs, that's when we need to hit pause and go, okay, what is my mind asking me to think and believe here and the actions that follow from those beliefs? Yeah. Yeah. I think this is one when we're talking about what bumps in the road would cause you to use this. And that's where I think we would say, well, foundationally, you need to understand them. Yes. And then you just, for me, I think I, going forward, would go, I probably want to glance at that list. We have, I think, 12 or 13 biases that we mentioned there. Yes. And just kind of go, you know, which which ones am I not mm -hmm. not really handling optimally? Mm -hmm. And there usually is something where yeah. it's like I've, I've gotten too comfortable shortcutting and I make assumptions about people or I make assumptions about, you know, and that right. kind of thing. Yeah. I have to mention my favorite one of the biases that gets mentioned in our list is what's called the blind spot bias, which is mm -hmm. almost everybody thinks they have fewer biases than everybody, <laughs> than everybody else. else. Right. It's like, no, yeah. that's your bias. <laughs> exactly. You know? We all, we all have them and yes. we just have to manage them. Well, we came up with a visual that we thought was pretty cool that could be part of, again, this thinking of my life feels out of balance and we call it the orchestra of humanity. And we like that visual because it talks about, to us, it speaks to us how each of us is uh, kind of in a in a figurative sense playing an instrument. We each pick choices about what we're going to do, what we care about, how we express ourselves, how we spend our time. And if you want to think of it that way, we're we're picking the instrument we're playing. Mm -hmm. And but we're we sometimes will do that in a solo fashion, but more typically we're doing it interactively. Mm -hmm. With other people. You sit there and you kind of go, well, what does a great performing orchestra do? Well, everybody has a great instrument. Mm -hmm. Everybody plays. We don't have people sitting in the orchestra with no instrument. Right. That's not a great orchestra. Everybody, everybody has a great shiny new instrument to play that is of their choosing and that can be played with harmonically with everybody else. Mm -hmm. And we may have solos that we occasionally do, which are beautiful and which orchestras do. Mm -hmm. But more typically, we are playing a symphony and concert with one another. And so a, a really beautiful vi visual for us to say, do I feel like I have my instrument and am I playing it? And does it feel shiny? Is my unique life yes. 
playing beautifully and I, I love the sound of it. And am I paying attention to all of the other people, to all people and helping them have their own instrument and helping them be heard. Right. And then we're all playing harmonically together. And, uh, it's one of those things where right now there's all sorts of situations where we ain't playing harmonically together Mm -hmm. and it's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and you look at something like this and kind of go, there's no difference. There's just no difference. So, and then figuring out in terms of what do I do about that? Well, who's somebody around you or near you that, that you again can help or love and that you can help them play their instrument that way. And Lee and I have a, um, repeat thing that we do in the podcast. If you've listened to those, probably every third, fourth, fifth podcast, we'll have something where we'll mention. And the key thing is just to do your part. That's all. That's all we're asking anyone to do. Just do your part. Yes. You know, so even on these big social issues, they will get solved in a lot of cases by everybody doing their part, doing their part. Yeah. Just as a horn player in an orchestra. Yeah. We're only asking you to play your part. Yeah. If the orchestra's not playing well, you don't have to create instruments for everyone no. and then play all the instruments. No. That's not the solution to this. Right. Yeah. So uh, we had as a uh, almost to the end of the list here tool, what we called the ICE model. ICE stands for individual, community, and external. And this tool was one that I thought about putting in pictures out there, and I took it out at the very end because it didn't seem, it was kind of an add-on, and it was hard to describe in a simple way. And at the last minute, I took it out, and I think that was a good decision. It's in there now because found a way to describe it much simply. But basically, it's saying we each have expectations Mm -hmm. for ourselves individually, you know, for how we want to feel about ourselves. We have expectations for how we want to feel and think about our communities, communities, as we've described. And we have expectations for how we want to think and feel about interactions and relationships that we have with the rest of the external world Mm -hmm. that is not necessarily part of our community. Community. Anytime that those expectations are not met and we have a gap. And so in other words, I want to feel this way about myself. Well, right now I really don't, I don't feel that way. You know, I want to, I want to be authentic and transparent and real as an example. Well, I'm not really being authentic and transparent. Well, that's a gap. Right. And so the ice model takes you through those three steps and you identify any gaps that you have in how you're feeling individually about yourself. Mm Mm-hmm your relationship with your community and your relationship with the external world. And then with that, with that list of gaps identified, you go, what do I do about it? And it's a way to go take action. Yes. And so, and we also describe, I think this is an important thing where we'll go. Yeah. Sometimes those gaps happen because they conflict where it's kind of like, well, I have a gap in my individual self because I'm not being real and authentic enough, but Oh, if I go be more real and authentic and close that gap, now am I, am I creating a new gap <laughs> with the community, with the community or with my external world? Right. And you think all of that through. And again, the notion isn't necessarily that you just get to perfect with all of that. No. But you pointedly are going, what is the best blend of all of that that yes. keeps me happiest and most satisfied? Right. Very yeah. powerful diagnostic tool. And it, it is not complicated. You can, I could do it right now 
take three or four minutes to reflect and I'd have a pretty good idea about where I stand with yes. all of that. Yes. And then our last tool, and we love this one, we hope it bleeds over into everything, is optimism, momentum, and gratitude. We close each one of our podcasts with an example of this, and we think it is so important through all of the things we're describing to stay optimistic, to recognize when momentum gets created and celebrate that, and to be thankful. Just none of this would be what it can be if we don't do those things. Right. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to close our conversation today with a moment of optimism, momentum, and gratitude. Dave and I have learned from so many people. We've had so many wonderful models for how to live well. Thank you to those people. The ideas in the book, pictures out there, and in the new book, ideals out there, those dots that have been connected through years of observation, all of it is because of wonderful people who have taught, who've mentored, who've modeled, who've showed the way forward for each of us to have our best life and the way forward to a better world. So these podcasts and the books are humble works of creativity, a connection of dots based on observations of the best of humanity and creation, and they can serve each of us as a handbook to live our best unique lives. These podcasts and the books are our humble gifts to humanity, to all the life forms of creation and to the cosmos. So we close with the same four questions at the conclusion of every podcast. We ask you to reflect on your ideals, to develop your pictures as vividly as you can. And then what actions do you choose to take based on those pictures? And what influence is yours to use? Thank you ever so much for listening. Take care. Thanks for joining us today. As always, feel free to explore more about Pictures Out There at picturesoutthere.com and major social media sites. We hope you have the day of your dreams, the day of your pictures. <laughs>